If you're ready to revamp your summer wardrobe so that you are ready for the warm and sunny weather that is right around the corner, right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I absolutely love everything that is always recommended to me in my armoire closet, and then I get to pick what I actually want to be sent to me. I personally have loved using armoire to find my style again after having babies, after my body has changed so much. And one thing that I've really loved is finding a style of jeans that I like. I got these Madewell jeans in my last order, and I love the way they fit my body. And I also love knowing that I can feel good about sending them back and giving them another life with someone else who's renting them and I can try new things in my next shipment because I always do feel guilty if I'm constantly buying more and more to find the styles that I like and I might think that I'm going to return them but I typically end up not doing so even if I don't like them it's just a hassle to do so armoire really allows you to just rent clothing for any occasion and then send it back whenever you are done with it. Everything from a date night to a conference to even athletic clothes. Your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you for using armoire. Right now, my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month. And never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less. Realistically, it's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. 
I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert, and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am very excited to be bringing you the next couple of weeks of episodes because they are going to be focused on one of my favorite parts of the year, and that is this back to school season that many of us are entering. Now, I have lived on the school year schedule all of my life. I guess once I started school, I should say. And so from the time that I started school in kindergarten, I have lived on this school year schedule. And there's always just been excitement surrounding it, whether it's just because there is a return to routine or the excitement of the newness. There's just a shift in the air, a shift in the season coming. And I've just always loved it. My husband and I have both lived on the school year schedule long after we were in school because he's still a teacher. I was a teacher for many years. And now we all of a sudden have school age kids as well. So What we're doing here on Minimalish is we are going to approach the back to school season and we are going to keep it simple this year. I've had back to school series in the past and this year what I want to do is I just want to focus on how can we simplify the things that are overwhelming about this season. Now if you're like I don't have kids that are school aged yet this does not apply to me or maybe you homeschool we're talking about lunches we're talking about systems for papers and drop zones and peaceful mornings, all things that I really think we can take and maybe shift and use them in a totally different way, even if it has nothing to do with back to school, even if it's just about a routine you put in place so that like daycare drop off is simpler for you, or even if it's about something that you implement into your homeschool. Next week, we are actually going to talk about the same topic, simplifying the back to school season and we are going to talk about it through the lens of homeschooling. While this conversation is really centered around back to school, I think that there is just such goodness here that all of us can take something away from. And it's just a really fun conversation because my guest today is Diana Renee of The Decluttered Mom. I have known Diana for at least four years now. I had her on the show back in 2019, and I'm going to link that episode in the show notes in case you want to kind of just hear more of a general, her story with minimalism and that type of thing, decluttering in general. But today we are talking all the systems to help your back to school life a little simpler. Again, I love this conversation. It is full of both practical tips and encouragement for the deeper stuff in motherhood as well. So let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Diana. Diana, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. It's been a lot of years. I don't know, maybe four or something since you have. I was trying to think of that before I came on today. I was like, when was that? I think it was, I want to say 2019. Yeah, I think it was. I'll have to look for sure. But It was a long time ago, so a lot of things have changed for both of us along the way. It's like 20 years, like when you go through COVID. (laughs) Exactly. I know. I can't believe that. I'm almost positive it was pre-COVID that we talked. Um, But 
I I still want you, uh, we're going to talk about back to school things today, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it because I feel like anytime, I'm always following along with you on Instagram, and you are always talking about school lunches and just like paper systems and all the things back to school and just like the school year in general. So I'm really excited to hear all of your systems. Um, but before we dive in, just in case, you know, in case the person listening wasn't here in 2019 listening, <laughs> could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Diana Renee and um, I work with busy moms primarily on decluttering. So teaching them how to fully declutter their homes, but also um, how to implement systems and routines and habits that just make running your home easier and not take up as much time. Uh, And it's been kind of funny over the past few years, I have sort of taken on this like school systems thing on Instagram because I was getting so many questions uh, about back to school or even just like throughout the school year because I think school has become like it's not the 80s anymore where it's like you just pack a lunch in a paper bag and they're on their way you know it's like there is so much going on with our kids in school and so many obligations and I think Um, a lot of women are also working full-time out of the home. And so there's just so many different aspects and moms just have more balls in the air than they ever have before. Um, And so I've kind of really taken on uh, uh, the the big issue of back to school as just like this fun side thing. And it's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I love to kind of follow along with you as you talk about it, but we are, you just said to me before we started recording that your kids are right around the corner from going back to school. So yeah, I first want to just ask you, like, as this season approaches, I guess this year specifically, it doesn't have to be every year, but um, this year specifically as this season approaches, like, what are your feelings about it? Um, the back to school season right now? Right now, this year, my nine-year-old and I were just talking about this this morning that she and I both were saying like, it just feels really bittersweet this year. Last year was the first time I had both kids in school full time. So my youngest was in kindergarten last year. And before that, she just did like two days of preschool type thing. Um, and so that that was a big adjustment for us for both kids to be in school five days a week. And then to have them come home all summer, it was like, oh, this is really nice. Like we get to spend so much time together and now they're going back. And so it's sad. And I keep finding myself feeling really sad that the summer is coming to a close. But at the same time, um, they really love school. They love their friends. They love their teachers. They have fun at school. Um, I actually posted on Instagram last week that I was feeling really sad about them going back to school. And I got approximately like 7,000 DMs telling me to homeschool then. And I was like, I think that you can be sad about something without like completely changing how your family operates. Like it's okay for them to go to school and for me to feel sad about it without like having to have them home. So um, that's just kind of where I am. I'm like on a roller coaster. I can be like one moment excited for a routine and um, it is harder in the summer for me to run my business and to find time to work and all of that. But um, I think we're ready to get back into routine. We're just going to miss the extra time together. Yeah, I think this season is always bittersweet. Just have all, at least if you live, if you're living on the school year schedule, right? right? Right. And I have all my life because I was a teacher for a while and then my husband's a teacher, but we we always feel bittersweet and he always feels bittersweet about 
I mean, he has to go back to work, so, (laughs) but he loves his job. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I love what you said about just, you know, you could feel sad about something, but it still be a good thing and the best choice for your family right now. Well, as we kind of dig into just all things back to school, are there any specific areas of your home that you declutter before your kids go back to school? I think that is a huge, I don't know, thing that can help us transition to a new season, right? So what areas, if any, do you tend to maintenance declutter or tackle? I do. So this is kind of twofold. Uh, what I teach um, when when anyone's working with me on decluttering, what I teach is to do like the, the entire home step by step, but then to implement like a maintenance system after that, where every quarter you're decluttering your entire home, which sounds like terrifying and exhausting but once you get to that point where you you don't really have a ton of excess and you're just kind of taking off the stuff off the top um it really takes about two hours every quarter to do that maintenance round and so i like to wait until they're back in school to do the actual maintenance round because i just find that um doing it before they go back to school. There's a lot of extras at the house that we're not really going to have here. And once they get going and we're back in routine, it's easier to, to do that whole process. However, before they go back to school, I always declutter the pantry and the freezer um, because I think it will help you to kick off like what you need, what you actually need for school lunches. You probably will end up throwing away a ton of food that has expired or gone bad or anything like that. Um, so those are like the two main areas that I really focus on decluttering in our own home. And then I also just kind of update, refresh, slash organize our command center, um, which has all of our like school checklists and things like that, that help us throughout the school year, because things do change from year to year for those. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to ask you about school lunches, um, right now. So (laughs) that's, that's a perfect segue into it. Um, you have, I know you have like resources on school lunches and everything. And the idea of like packing lunch every single day overwhelms me. (laughs) I have not had that experience. I have not had school age kids to have to do that. So can you just tell me a little bit about how, how do you simplify school lunches? Okay, well, first I want to say you are not alone. <laughs> that is very <laughs> normal. Um, school lunches overwhelm me. Honestly, just like feeding my family every single day overwhelms me. Um, I have ADHD, and so like I like get so distracted, I just forget to eat. So if I didn't have like kids in my house, I probably would be way worse off when it comes to food because <laughs> it's like I have to feed them, right? Um, but there are several things that you can do for school lunches just to help you simplify. Um, the first thing I would say is just to stop overcomplicating it and stop trying to do like Pinterest perfect lunches. I think that we, um, especially now with just, you know, we have Instagram, we have Pinterest, we have Facebook, we have TikTok. We have so many things that we are constantly seeing like these like amazing school lunches that like everything is cut really pretty into little designs and like um like I I don't I, there was a, a TikTok account that I like went through their page and like no shade to them like they they do this and they love it but um the it was like five star chef type meals for these lunch boxes and I was like 
nope, this is not, this is not real life for me. Um, so what we try to do to simplify things, first of all, is I sit down with my kids before we go back to school and I say, what types of things would you like to see in your lunchbox when you open it every day? And they will just start like rattling things off, right? So um, as they get older, you can have them write the list for you, or you can just sit down as a family and write everything down. And so just doing that alone is going to give you an entire tons of ideas that you probably weren't even thinking about because to a six-year-old, she's going to remember like that one thing you packed like last October that she was so excited about. Um, So giving yourself that list and then also just sitting down and thinking through, um, you can go on those types of accounts so that you can get kind of ideas, but like come up with categories. So like proteins or like main type, uh, I can't think of the word, um, main portions of the meal, right? (laughs) Uh, And then you can put like every fruit, every vegetable, every like crunchy snack, like all of the different things that you can think of that your kids will like, or maybe they won't like, but you want to expose them to a little bit throughout lunches. Um, And then you have kind of a master list of foods. And I like to think of school lunches as like mini kids' charcuterie boards every day. Um, They're probably, they don't need like lasagna and breadsticks, you know, like they can have like pasta and then they can have pepperonis and you can make it more of like a component type lunch. And I think that kids really like that. I really like the type of lunch boxes that are like bento box style where they have little compartments for different Uh, foods. And what we do is then the weekend before that week, we just go through the list, either me, myself, or my kids will do it with me. Um, And we'll pick like, okay, what are three or four proteins that you guys want in lunches this week? Okay, you want pepperoni, you want chicken, you want whatever. And then what are three or four fruits and three or four vegetables? And don't be afraid to give them like apples two days in one week, like it's okay um, to do that. And then what that does is at the beginning of the week, you have everything you need for all of the lunches. You can either, if you're someone who likes to be really organized, you can then say, okay, on Monday, they're getting pepperoni, they're getting apples, they're getting snap peas, or you just have this list or you can put it in a part of your fridge that you know this is for lunches and you can just grab it out and start building the lunch. Um, And I think that just makes it easier. It simplifies it. It uncomplicates it and the kids are happy and they're fed. Yeah. I'm just curious. Do you apply like any, do you have any similar system that you do for like after school snacks if you do that in your house? Cause I feel like kids would come home hungry. They're always hungry, right? Yes. Yeah. So we also do snack boxes. So I do similar bento box style um, uh, things, snacks, and it's basically like different variations. So if they got pepperonis for lunch, they're not going to get that for snack, but they might get like chicken bites or something like that. Um, And I have found that to be really helpful too, to, you know, I am not like a dietitian or nutritionist or anything like that, but like when they come home from school, in my experience, if my kids can get some type of protein after school, they just seem to be less like there's less tantrums as the evening goes on rather than like giving them 
a bag of goldfish or something like that, which I also do. But um, so, yeah, so we just have these snack, we call them snack packs. And then I bring them to school and they eat them in the car. But um, that is something that we also do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I can only imagine that like the car ride home yes. could get a little dicey with, without a snack. <laughs> yeah. My oldest was she has uh, food allergies and then she was also recently diagnosed with celiac. And so um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's she cannot have any gluten at all. And so that has really forced me to like expand what I can think about with food um, because like I can't just do like a wow butter and jelly sandwich anymore. You know, like some of the really basic things that I used to do. Um, but I had to like remind myself to go back to the basics of like, just create a list, just create everything that she can have instead of focusing on the things that she can't have. And I surprised myself with how many foods she really can have and we can work with. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that's even, it's even more important to have a list and be planning now that she has that, you know, that she has that um, allergy because you can't just stop many places, I'm sure. And that that has to be so hard. Yeah, it's been it's been an, a learning experience. Like we went to the pool a couple of days ago and we ended up staying way later than I wanted to, but they were having, you know, it's like that like catch 22 as a mom where like, you know that they need to like eat and go to bed, but like they're playing so nicely together and they're like having so much fun. So you let them keep going knowing you're probably going to pay for it in like yeah. an hour. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, I'll just swing through Jimmy John's on the way home. And it was like, oh yeah, we can't do that. So I am having to learn even more so how to be prepared for sure. Yeah. Well, kind of shifting gears here. I think one thing that we are think about a lot when it comes to school And I know as a teacher that I was always dealing with paper and sending a lot of paper home. So like when it comes to school paper clutter and even drop zones of just where the kids are coming home and putting their backpacks and then dumping all of those papers, what kind of systems do you have around that? So I polled my Instagram audience recently about like, what is your biggest back to school struggle? And it was paper clutter, like all the paper. It's amazing how many papers kids bring home from school. I don't really, I don't understand it, but um, especially in this like digital age where we also have like 20 apps we have to keep track of, but then we have so many papers. Um, And I know that's not the teacher's fault. It's just a lot of paper. So what we do a couple of things, we do have a drop zone. And I think that's very important that everything needs to have a home because if you don't have a home or a system for it, then the papers just end up like thrown onto the dining room table or the kitchen counter and it piles up and um, then you can't find the field trip form and it's late and all of these things. Right. And so um, we have a, a drop zone that has hooks for the backpacks. So the hooks, the backpacks always go on the hooks. Um, but before that, they have to take all papers out of the backpacks and there's two places that they put them. So really young kids, you're going to have to help them with this if this is a system that you implement. But um, I have a six and nine-year-old. And so now they're pretty I think they're going to be pretty good about it. My six-year-old might still need a little bit of help, but um, the two places are their kids' baskets. So they each have their own basket. And then there is a mom 
must-see basket. And so um, they put all of their like completed work uh, that they are bringing home or arts and crafts projects or things like that. They toss those into their basket. And then if there is a field trip form or, you know, there's a note from the teacher, then that goes into my basket. Um, I check that every night just as part of my like evening routine. But the kids' baskets, we just check basically once a month or when they're full, which can vary. And we go through them together and we decide which things we're going to trash or recycle and then uh, which things we're going to save and put in their like special school folders that they want to save. Um, we are very, we, we make sure that we don't save too many things. And so we have a set guideline for the folder and how big it can be. Um, but that has been really helpful because they know where the papers have to go. It doesn't get stuffed into their backpack or lost somewhere in the home. And so that's been really helpful. Yeah. I love that. It's simple and just keeps things. I think that is the hardest thing is just like not losing the important papers amidst all of the other papers. Yes. Cause I know they always seem to be like in the middle of the stack for some yeah. reason, like they're never on top. <laughs> and I think too, with like, whenever you are putting everything in a basket as it comes home, it's hard to make decisions on things. Like, I mean, we know that most of, at least for me, like most of the papers that my daughter brought home from preschool are eventually like, we're not going to keep all of them because yeah. who's, who's going to want like the letter L a million times, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's harder, I think for them to separate from them. Like when they just did it, even a month later when they've done a million other things, they yeah. can be like, oh yeah, I know that like, I don't need this, you know? Totally. And I am a big proponent of not decluttering without your kids. Like I think it's important to have them involved because I think it can create a lot of distrust if you're, if they're at school and then they come home and their toys are gone. Right. Um, but it's been interesting because my six-year-old has gotten to the point with papers after the first two or three months of her going through them with me for kindergarten. She's like, mom, can you just can you do this? She's like, I don't care. Like, Just save my pretty, my prettiest drawings and everything else I can do again if I want to. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And I mean, I think you've built that trust too, that you're not just going to trash the good stuff too. Right. right? So, so she right. knows. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned this being simple. And I think that's really like a key component whenever you're creating systems, especially when kids have to be the ones to follow through on the systems, the simpler you can make them for them, the more likely they are going to follow through. Um, so like literally just pulling papers out of a backpack and stuffing them into a basket is easy for them um, and doesn't make them feel like they have like 20 steps they have to follow right when they get home, when they're hungry and tired. Is hiring a challenge? Yes. But do you love a challenge? Maybe. Whether you do or you don't love a challenge, you need a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools that help you find matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. 
I love Indeed because it makes hiring all in one place so easy with its hiring platform. Candidates that you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. So it gets you one step closer to the hire and it saves you a lot of time. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash minimalish. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash minimalish. Just go to indeed.com slash minimalish and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash minimalish. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so I think we covered, at least for me, when I think of the back-to-school season and what feels overwhelming to me, it's food <laughs> and paper. <Yeah. laughs> and so with that, I think we, we've we probably covered the two biggest things, not that there aren't you know any other difficult things, but the other things that pop up in my head when I think about just going from summer to back to school, which it's different for every family, yeah. but I always just think about how the summer, for the most part, for many people is a slower season, right? Because then once you get back into the school year, there's more of a schedule. So I'm curious if you have kind of anything that you say no to as your schedule change. So kind of like your back, your back to school knows, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing I, we say no to is too many extracurricular activities, especially at their ages. I think that's going to be a lot harder to, um, stick to when they're in like middle school, high school ages, especially if they're in sports or theater or anything like that. Um, but for now we don't do, we only do one, maybe two, um, activities each season. And so I think that really helps because, then they know that there's only one or two days a week after school that they have something to go to. Otherwise, they can come home and they can just play in the backyard after being at school all day or do the things that they're missing about doing in summer. Um, I think it helps us to ha- to maintain some of that like slower feeling in the afternoons and the evenings. Um, and there was one season like right when the world opened up again after COVID where I was like, yes, yes, yes to like everything because I think it was honestly like a mom guilt type thing. Like they got, they missed out on so much, you know? Um, and that like season was it was chaos. And like, I felt like we were always in a hurry. I felt like I was always losing my patience because we were always in a hurry. Um, and I didn't like it and they didn't like it. And I think it just, it didn't work well. So that's a big thing that we say no to. Um, but also something that a mom of teenagers told me when my oldest was going into kindergarten and it was the best advice ever. So I share it with everyone else is, um, to don't do, don't have any plans the weekend after the first week of school, like zero plans. Um, and just let them, if they want to watch movies all weekend long, let them watch movies because it's such like an adjustment for them socially, emotionally, especially as they get a little bit older, um, to get back into this routine. And they just, they don't need to then like have like eight activities that weekend. Um, but she also said then to find time to just have like a one-on-one check-in with each child. So like whether that's as simple as just going for a walk with them one-on-one that weekend or taking them out to dinner or something where, um, 
you can actually like sit down and talk to them about how school went that week and everything just to a chance to reconnect amidst the craziness of back to school. So um, I'm really thankful that she gave me that advice. And it's something that we always make sure to do. And honestly, we don't really do much on weekends for the first, it's kind of turned into like the first month after back to school, because I, I feel like back to school activities with schools last for weeks and weeks. It's not like just the first week. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of just chilling (laughs) that first weekend (laughs) and it's probably good for everyone because Monday comes too quickly and then back at it and they they need to rest so and so do you I'm sure yes everyone everyone (laughs) needs to rest yes um okay so kind of the opposite do you have any back to school yeses Yeses. Okay. This one is harder for me. Um, I have learned how to get really good at saying no to things. And I think that's like a way to like protect my own peace, you know, but um, so yeses. I think some of the things that I try to focus on saying yes to during the school year back to school is um, letting them pick their own style, like with what they're wearing and not like not letting that be the hill that I die on. If mm-hmm. they come downstairs with an outfit that I'm like, mm, this <laughs> looks a little crazy, you know, but yeah. um, like letting them f- fostering like a form of creativity for them and kind of in the same vein as that with foods, just if they really want to do hot lunch a couple times a week, like just letting them do the hot lunch. Like it's, you know, if it fits in the budget and all of that, but um, just little things like that. If they're really wanting to do things that I would normally be like, no, we don't need to do that. Just letting them do that in a season that might, that might be a little overwhelming for them. Yeah. I love those ideas. Yeah. I know. I, I had those moments of just like fighting my daughter last last year at preschool because I'd just be like you're wearing way too many layers for the weather or <laughs> or like, and, like right? you're gonna be hot but at least you can I guess if you have layers on you could take the top one off right I know when my oldest was three um she had a dentist appointment one day and like she walked into my room and she was like mom I'm ready for the dentist and I like I can like still picture her in my memory she had like two tutus on like she had all the layers you know like lots of sparkles and lots of like I think she had like 10 different bracelets but then she had her old birthday helium balloons with her tied around her and she was like I was like so the balloons are going with us and she's like well it's part of my outfit and I was like oh okay well I guess we're doing this uh yeah it's just not it's not worth the fight sometimes and I I realized that like it it really feels personal to my daughter and if I'm just like you can't wear that so I know and I think that because I am not like I am not someone who expresses myself through my clothes or like I like if I could wear a robe all day every day I would but um seeing that in both of my daughters like I feel like they do express themselves through clothes and so I'm like trying to make sure or at least be aware of like the little ways that I can um bump up or like encourage their independence and their creativity versus like always being like stop <laughs> don't yeah. don't do that <laughs> yeah that's really good and I think too there's 
like a lot of pressures as the school year starts as parents like we project a lot onto them and we don't want them to have a bad experience and someone to say something to them and we also sometimes we're worried about what others will think of us if if they're going to school like that but I I think it is it's so much more important like you said that to foster maybe their independence and let some of those worries go. I know. Something I remind myself of is I transferred schools in eighth grade, which might arguably be the hardest time ever to transfer schools. Um, And I also broke my tailbone two days before I transferred Mm. schools. And so I had one of those like inflatable donut looking things that I had to sit on. And so I was the new kid with the donut like, like, you know, like what, like how yeah. bad could it get? And I survived that. So if, so if they have like someone say something to them over their outfit, then, then I can help them work through that. <laughs> yes. That's good. Um, okay. So are there any other systems you want to share? Even like if you have any fun traditions or rituals during this time of year that are important to your family, uh, as we kind of close out our conversation. Yeah, I think honestly, one of the biggest systems that um, I think help a lot of people is just preparing the night before. So if you know that tomorrow is library day for your kids, then making sure that the library book is in their backpack like the night before. So it's not scrambling. Um I like to think of like the mornings as like the time you wake up and the time you're walking out the door to school is probably one of the most stressful and chaotic times, no matter how well prepared you are, because we're human and life happens and like, you know, someone gets hurt and needs a Band-Aid or someone spills the cereal. Like there's always going to be something that makes it a little stressful. So the more that we can like take away um, extra duties or responsibilities during that time frame, the better. So I always encourage picking outfits for all five days on Sunday. Um, and if you, I always get pushback from this because they're like, well, it might, it's like cold in the morning and hot in the afternoon, like wear layers like we were just talking about, right? Um, but I have my kids pick out everything, like head to toe, their underwear, their socks, what shoes they're going to wear, everything so that there is no like arguing or I can't find the red shirt that I was going to wear today, like in the morning, right? So they have everything ready to go. Their backpacks are packed. And that's one of their responsibilities is to have their backpacks packed. I think as moms, we tend to take everything on our own plates. But I think if you can get them um, early on starting to do some of these little responsibilities themselves, they're going to be more likely to take on more in the future to prepare them. So packing lunches the night before too. They can help you with that also. And we just stick them in the fridge and then in the morning we grab them and put an ice pack. But those are all just little things that we do in the evenings. If you're like totally a morning person, I am a night owl. So I do it in the evening. If you're a morning person, I would say just get up before the kids are up then and have them done before the chaos begins. And I think that everything just runs a little bit smoother when we can take away some of those extra reasons that that things might go off track. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I was like, I already have so many questions for you, but one of them was going to be about mornings. So it worked out perfectly. Are you a morning person? I like to wake up earlier than my kids. Yeah. But I like the idea of getting out the door and getting everyone ready is, is rough. So even though I, I do like to be awake early and like, 
it's because I like to be awake and have the quiet time, not because yeah, that makes I'm like ready to go and singing yeah. while I pack everyone's stuff up. That's not me. <laughs> See, I am not like I am totally a night owl and I will wait until the very last second. I have to get out of bed or else everyone's going to be late. So like, it, it, getting up early to be alone, like I think I would just fall back asleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you get that time at night, then it's just yeah. as good, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just working with your own personality. And I think that's a lot with ho- just home management in general is just working like with your own human behavior and how your personality is. Like if you are someone who is a night owl, don't push yourself to become a morning person and do everything in the morning and vice versa. Um, I think you just have to adjust things to fit how you actually want to or, or know you will do things. That's so good. I know for me, even just with preschool, the mornings were the time that could like make or break. Sometimes, you know, my daughter is feeling, waking up feeling like she she doesn't want to go to school. And then also we have chaos in the morning. That's not gonna, that's not gonna fix anything. So yeah, that's hard. And you know, like, I feel like that's the thing nobody prepared me for with motherhood is like how hard managing like emotional and social things are as they get older. Um, Like baby life and toddlerhood had its own like really hard challenges. But that's probably one of the thing hardest things for me as a mom now to a nine year old and six year old is just you know, friendship things that are happening with friends and emotional things and social things. And it's like, gosh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to parent through this. It's like, it's a whole new world. It's tough. And like that stuff is just only beginning. I always think about (laughs) for me, I'm like, oh, it's all coming. And it's hard when you don't really fully know what's happening. And Yeah. yeah. So I think just like these the little things that we talked about that are really big things to prepare today are the things that are going to help you have more time and energy to deal with those harder things that they're really, there's not one right answer for. And it's a lot more complex than just like having a system for it. So absolutely. I appreciate all of your time today, giving us some very simple, but like extremely helpful systems that can help us deal with the the smaller problems, right? (laughs) Yes, the non-emotional problems. Yeah, Yeah. no, I love talking about this. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, I can't let you go yet because I have two questions that I ask every guest. (laughs) The first one is what's something that you're simplifying right now? Okay, I am simplifying expectations of myself and expectations of others. Um, Like I think that um, I have been learning. So I turned 40 next year, which um, just feels like when I turned 39 in April, I was like, oh, that's the next birthday. (laughs) All right, we're here. Um, And so I've been learning a lot this past year about just like protecting my peace. And I know I mentioned that earlier. Um, And I think a big part of that is just like not even lowering, but just like getting rid of certain expectations for myself and also other people that are around me. Um, Because I find that I get upset easily when like someone doesn't meet an expectation that they don't even know I have of them. And like, that's silly. And then half my day is wasted being like upset about something. So um, that's a very specific example for your question. But 
That's, no, that's I like probably that. like the biggest thing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I was even as I was like coming to sit to talk to you today, I was thinking about food because we're about to talk about food. And I yeah. just made like the simplest air fryer dinner of like chicken bites and um french fries, you know. And I yeah. told my husband to cut up a cucumber because I'm gonna be on an interview. And I was just thinking about how I've done that a lot this summer and I've kept things so simple and it's been fine. Then I thought about how like I have kind of, even though I plan to do that, I still kind of beat myself up about it. So I I love that you said that of just like simplifying your expectations on yourself, even even if that's not what you meant specifically. I just think that we... Yeah. we have we do that to ourselves <laughs> absolutely I think that yeah that's one good example of it um when my oldest was really little um I remember she she had like some feeding issues when she was an infant and um I remember in the pediatrician's office I was like asking all these questions and I was really worried and I was like I like I finally like started crying and I was like I'm so sorry like I know I'm like being paranoid and dramatic but like this just really worries me and he like stopped what he was doing and came and sat down in front of me and he was like listen the fact that you are worrying about doing a good job means you're a good mom and I like I still reference that conversation all the time because if you weren't worried like not great moms are not worrying about the things that they're doing with their kids or how they're they're raising their kids and so I just wanted to share that with you because I think that's like a very common, um, we're so hard on ourselves as moms, especially like there's a thousand different things we're supposed to be doing to create, you know, the future for these tiny humans and we're going to drop the ball and they're probably going to talk about us in therapy someday, but you know, we're all doing the best we can. (laughs) Yeah, so good. I never knew this back to school episode was gonna get so deep. So. Right, I know. <laughs> like- well, to li- to leave it on a lighter note, um, what's something that you're loving right now? Okay, I am loving. Um, they're called. They're these little like electrolyte drink packs. They're like powders. It's called Element. It's L M N T. Yeah. Have you heard of those? Mm-hmm, they're so yeah. good. Yeah, I find that I could drink like a gallon of water and I would still be dehydrated. But I feel like when I'm drinking. I feel like this is an ad, but, um, (laughs) it's not, I promise. Um, I, I drink one of those a day and I like, I automatically feel more hydrated and it's easier for me to drink water if there's like a little bit of a flavor. And so, yeah, that's probably what I'm obsessed with right now. Yeah. Those are so good. Yeah. They're pricey. It's an, it's annoying a little bit about how expensive they are, but, um, yeah, they are definitely helpful when it comes to drinking water, which we all probably need more water in our lives. <laughs> probably. And it's probably we'd something be less hard on ourselves if we were all hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, so good. Thank you. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, Diana. Thank you. It was so fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I always love talking to Diana and and I just love her back to school tips. And I want to encourage you as we finish this episode today to really reflect on that question that I asked Diana at the beginning of the episode. This is a question that I'm going to ask on next week's episode as well when we talk back to homeschooling. And that question is, how are you feeling about the back to school season? How are you feeling right now? If this season has any implications for you, if your routine is changing in any way, how are you feeling about it right now? And just reflect on that question. And, you know, based on what the answer is to that question, dig deeper. Ask yourself why. 
think about the things that really are overwhelming to you about this season or the things that you look forward to most and then make some sort of plan around them whether it's just taking one thing from this episode and implementing it or shifting it a little bit and implementing it in your own household for back to school or maybe it's just making sure that you make time for the things that you're looking forward to about the season ahead. Like Diana and I both mentioned, this season can be full of bittersweet feelings. So whether or not you're going to implement all of the systems here from this episode today, I do hope that you will take care of yourself a little bit and sit with the bittersweet feelings you may be feeling and ask yourself what you need right now. Again, we will be continuing this back to school series with a back to homeschool episode coming soon. So stay tuned for that one. And again, just like this episode, even though we will be talking specifically to the idea of homeschool in that episode, it doesn't mean that wherever you're at and whatever you do for school in your family, you can't take and learn from it. And I hope that that's how you felt with this episode, that there were things that you could pull out of this episode and apply to your life, whether your kids are going back to a physical school building in the next month or so or not. That is all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Share if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram, wherever you like to share things. I am grateful for you for taking the time to do that and getting the word out about Minimalish. And I am just beyond grateful for you for being here and listening in. And we'll talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.